start of November means Triton basketball is just around the corner. Coming up in this week's Triton Spotlight, we'll get you set for the 2023-24 UC San Diego basketball season that gets underway Monday night. We'll talk with head coaches Heidi Vanderveer and Eric Olin to preview their seasons, and that's all coming up in a moment in this week's Triton Spotlight. Thank you for joining us on episode 88 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, we're so happy you've tuned in this week. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, rate us, or write a brief review. Before we get to this week's Triton Spotlight, let's go around campus. Several fall sports are wrapping up their seasons and the awards are flying in. Congrats to women's soccer grad student Caitlin Meyer and freshman Carice Madero, who earned all Big West recognition. For men's soccer, Inyaki Ibaden was named to the Big West first team, and Max Carvalho and freshman Evan Wellerstein were also recognized. The Big West cross-country postseason awards will be announced on Thursday. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Kira Fitzgerald from women's soccer and Ava McInnes from women's volleyball. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. We'll begin with women's basketball head coach Heidi Vanderveer. She's set to begin her 12th season in La Jolla as the Tritons head coach, and there's a lot to be excited about with UC San Diego women's hoops. Earlier this week, ESPN's Ted Mendenhall caught up with Heidi to preview the season, and here's that conversation. Before the season starts, uh, you had a really busy offseason as well, right at the end of the summer, um, a men's and women's basketball trip to Italy. Um, what was that like? Oh, it was a, a, a great trip, Ted. We uh, culturally had a, a great time, uh, really uh, learned a lot about uh, different uh, the different culture in, in Italy. The, the food obviously was um, phenomenal and uh, thought the basketball was really good for our team. So it was, and traveling with the men, obviously, Coach Olin and his staff and the players, it's just a, a fantastic experience for the young women on our team. What would you say... Uh was the highlight of that trip for you or, or for your team? Well, I think obviously just uh, experiencing a different part of the world. Um, some people would probably never go to Italy if left to their own devices. So I think that uh, that is is a, a great opportunity for our team, for the young women on our team. Um, the food obviously was uh, great, uh, the pizza, the pasta. Um, but honestly, I feel like just the time that we were able to spend together uh, in and grow as a team and and learn new things about each other and uh, the basketball was uh, the cherry on the top but uh, really just spend time uh, in a relaxed atmosphere and uh, get to know each other very well. So as, as we go into uh, this fourth year of the the final year of this transition uh, to become a full-fledged uh, Division One Big West member and, and eligible for the postseason. Um, how much time have you and your staff had to, to really reflect on uh, these previous three years? And um, what have you learned uh, going into year four of this transition? I think it's been a, a great process for our staff and the young women on our team, you know, growing through the transition uh, from the CCAA to the the Big West, from Division Two to Division One, I. I feel like our staff. We I think we had a good plan going in, and really tried to stay true to that plan to develop competitive depth, which I'm very excited about uh, this year, and uh, have a, a core of our team coming back for next year. But focusing on really this year, 
uh, getting people great experience, uh, competing at, at a very high level uh, every day in practice. I think competitive depth is the thing that we learned about uh, if you want to be successful uh, in Division One or in the Big West, that you have to have competitive depth. Yeah, I mean, because losses happen, it's just it's a part of the game. Um, I want to get to that in a moment, but um, just looking back one more second, you lost a lot of veteran leadership to graduation from a season ago. Some people like Sidney Brown, uh, Julia Makabuhai, Emily Cangelosi, Madison Baxter, not only talented women, but um, part of a, that winning culture coming over from D2 uh, to D1. Um, mm-hmm. how, how much of a, a factor is that in terms of now with the the core group you mentioned, uh, in terms of the women that are stepping up to fill those roles. That's a, that's a great question. I think we obviously lost a lot. I mean the the experience alone in terms of understanding what the expectations are and um, how we coach and and what you know what the demands are uh, with Julia and with Emily and with Maddie and obviously Sid Brown. Uh, but I, I honestly feel like we have excellent leadership on our team. I think that uh, you, you know, Denali Pinto, who played for us last year and then got hurt, unfortunately, in our very first game. Unfortunate at the time, but uh, you know, moving forward, almost a year. Uh, very fortunate to have her back. She is uh, the consummate leader. I mean, she's a has great perspective. She has a great voice. Uh, Izzy Forsyth has stepped up in that uh, regard, as has uh, Parker Montgomery. So I, I think when you lose something. You know, it's obviously, uh, while it's a challenge, it's also maybe a blessing in disguise. It gives you, it gives different people an opportunity to step up, whether it's uh, with their voice or with their perspective. And I've uh, been very refreshing and very uh, pleased with the evolution of our, our leadership uh, of our team. And expanding on that, Coach, uh, how important is that for you to have uh, players that are using their voices to lead um, where it's not just always yours or your assistants um, with the instruction. It's, it's critical. I feel like, you know, um, player led teams that go in the right direction are always the best teams. I mean, they understand our expectations. I think our coaches do a, a you know great job of uh, communicating, but I think when they hear it from Denali or they hear it from, Parker, or they hear it from Izzy or Katie Springs, uh, it resonates differently. Uh, I think that here's your peer holding you to a high standard and, you know, not cutting corners and, you know, competing. And I think that that just, you know, sets the table for some of the younger players to, you know, evolve through that, um, you know, maybe from year to year and and gain that experience is, is priceless. Uh, talk about um, the newcomers that that you yeah. have coming that you're excited about because I know you've mentioned a couple times now about the competitive depth that has yeah. been built here. Well, I think that the the good thing is we 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 have we lost a lot, and you know obviously with their with Izzy and, and Parker coming back with the most experience and DP, but I've been really pleased with Katie Springs. I think as you know, returner, I know we're talking about new, new people as well. Um, she's really has established her work ethic and her, her kind of the, the skill set that she possesses. I'm excited with uh, Gracie Gallegos, who we redshirted last year, her progress. And really even our, our freshmen last year who have gained experience, uh, Gabby Luther and Grace Talbot, um, but I feel like the competitive depth comes from the addition of our transfers 
And these are young, young women that we've recruited before and had gone other places. Uh, starts with Rosa Smith from Idaho. Both her parents went to UC San Diego. Um, you know, she's been a phenomenal uh, addition to our team. Uh, just her uh, determination, her competitiveness uh, has played at a very high level, as has Emma Savota, who is from, uh, you know, the Palm Desert area, La Quinta, um, went to Oklahoma. Uh, May Amosa went to Pepperdine from uh, Orange County, From went to Modern Day High School. I think that their experiences uh, at, uh, you know, whether it's Oklahoma in the Big 12 or the WCC or the Big Sky, uh, really will add to, um, you know, the, the leadership of Denali, Izzy, and Parker to allow us to have competitive depth. And so I feel like the that balances the that experience adds to again where we lost Maddie and lost um, Julia and Sid and Emily. Uh, they they bring different experiences from from other places, and I think that is again um, a, a, a great thing for for our program. And it's balanced by some of the uh, incoming freshmen, the three incoming freshmen that we have, who I think are going to be very uh, good. Uh, and are already established themselves um, and competing for playing time. Uh, Sumeya Shugapong from uh, La Jolla Country Day uh, has uh, really a crafty guard. You can play with the ball and without the ball. Um, Aaron from Australia and Freddie, we call her Freddie Airy from Greece. Again, uh, just uh, adding to the competitive depth, being able to play at this level, I think that we went through a a couple years where we were very selective in recruiting by choice to understand that we needed players that could compete uh, in the Big West. And I feel like the, you know, one through one through 15, uh, Dami uh, Sewell from uh, UC Merced, a transfer, um, can all can all compete at, at this level. Very excited about that uh, evolution of our team in that respect. You know, the competition in the Big West, as you know, is very fierce. The The preseason poll had UC San Diego tied for fifth with uh, Cal State Fullerton. Um, as you go into uh, these preseason games, so California Baptist, you open up against, um, how uh, important is it for you to have established rotations um, and how soon do you need to, to have those? You know, that, that's a great question, and it's always hard for a coach. I, I hope that everybody uh, wants to play as hard as they can and, uh, you know, not accept their role, but understand their role and then really fight for uh, quality minutes. Um, with the kind of the the way our team is laid out right now, um, I do really feel like people can compete, you know, one through, you know, 14, 15. And I think that in the first month, um, I think things will separate themselves as they do. You cannot play 15 people, um, but I think our rotation might be a little uh, deeper early uh, while people are still trying to figure out how to play together and, um, you know, who can do what and, uh, you know, who's, who plays well with, you know, other, other people. Um, but I do think we have a solid probably nine or 10 right now that, um, that we can choose from. And I think that the other, you know, four or five are, are knocking at the door. So I don't know if it's uh, critical, but I feel like things will shake out the way they do. And I just hope people continue to battle every day and um, and stay healthy and happy. And if we do that, then when we come January, um, you know, I, I like our chances against anybody. 
And coach, uh, you've shown yourself to be true to that. Like I look at Izzy Forsyth from, from a season ago. Um, she she really earned more minutes by the the way that she played. Or, or Parker Montgomery, who um, really showed her defensive prowess, being able to steal basketballs on on a regular basis. Um, how how much uh, is that competition um, within yourselves um, a key to that? Um, when they go and then compete against other teams? Well, I think it's critical because if you don't get better every day, like you only play, you know, 30 games, you know, and if you think about uh, what, what are you doing, the the other, you know, from, you know, in our case, from June, from September to November, we have to be able to compete every day at a high level. And with the competitive depth, we're able to do that. I think that, you know, Katie benefits from, Emma, Emma benefits from Aaron, you know, um, Izzy benefits from May uh, battling in the post. And, and then it's the same on the perimeter. I think we have continued to, and then people have to do the right thing. I think that competition is, uh, you know, you have to do the right thing. You have to know what we're doing and you have to do it to the best of your ability. And um, so there, there's, there are no nights off. And I feel like that actually gives you the best chance at being successful because, you know, you're, you're already locked in. Um, you know, if you pay, play twice, twice a week, then the other, you know, four or five days, you really have to, to compete at a very high level. Coach, um, last thing for you, because I've heard you uh, mention this many times, win or lose, that um, d- along this same philosophy that you've been talking about, about getting a little bit better each time, and even after tough losses, I hear you say that. H- how do you get the, the players to buy into that? Um. I think it's about, you know, they, they have, it's about perspective, right? I mean, I think that everybody, you know, we'd love to win every game. Uh, we went 30 and one, I think our men went 30 and one, you know, that's hard. Uh, if winning, if winning was easy, everybody would do it. And so I think that for us, it's just, um, you know, we, we have certain standards and we, we need people to, you know, understand them and work hard to uphold them. Um, no matter if it's Monday at, at nine o'clock, we practice nine to noon, or if it's, Thursday night at seven o'clock. And I feel like our team understands what they need to do and they work really hard to do it. And when they do it, we celebrate it. And when they don't do it or we don't win, I mean, if you know, and the ultimate result, um, you know, we do a good job of self-reflecting and and really working toward doing it because you're unless until you get to the, your last game, there's always like another game. So you're really always trying to be better that next day or that next game. And when you do that, the wins will take care of themselves, and I'm a firm believer in that. Well, I am uh, really looking forward to uh, not only seeing you play in person, but seeing you in person and uh, looking forward to a, another great season, Coach. Thank you for the time. Thanks, Ted, and, and go Tritons. Thanks, Heidi and Ted. UC San Diego sophomore Janae Mahan will miss the season due to injury, but as you heard, there's a lot of optimism in the women's basketball program. The Tritons open their season Monday afternoon when they host California Baptist on ESPN+. Next up at the Triton Spotlight, we turn to men's basketball with head coach Eric Olin. Now in his 11th season leading the Tritons, Olin chatted with ESPN broadcaster Steve Quiss to look ahead to the UC San Diego season. Here's that conversation. So, Eric, with the season officially starting here in early November, you got kind of an early jump on it going to Italy. What um, happened in Italy that is of note? And, you know, what did you learn from your team spending that time in, in Italy? 
Yeah, well, outside of just like a fantastic experience for our players and getting to see another part of the world, um, there's a lot of basketball benefits that I think we're um, starting to see show up for us now as we we get into late October here and we're getting ready for the season. We're, we're just a little further along. Like we've just, we've been able to work on a lot of different things. Um, you know, some of the, some seasons you have a lot of new players or your team is young or whatever the case may be. It's hard to, it's hard to get to all the things that you want to be prepared for by the time the first game rolls around and having the extra time in the summer with the foreign tour and then on the tour, getting to play a couple game environments with officials and clock and score and, what have you um, just it's really beneficial in terms of being advanced in, in, in your preparation and some of the things that you've seen um, this at this stage in the season. Yeah. When do you start to see those benefits? Is it preseason? Will it be midway through? And when do you think you'll see the benefits of going to Italy? I feel like we see them now just in terms of how we're practicing. You know, we've had a couple closed door scrimmages where, um, you know, we're able to just execute at a, at a higher level. Um, having the reps just makes it feel like we're maybe three or four games into the season as opposed to haven't played at all, right? Which you can just kind of stay ahead of that curve for as long as you can. I mean, at some point over the course of the season, everybody plays games and gains the experience to where, you know, it's probably negligible, but early on and the more you can progress as you go, you sort of, try to ride that wave of additional experiences as far as you can into the season before things sort of level off. So anybody who watched last year to the end, you know, you lost three starters, reinforcements are here. I guess one of my big questions would be who gets the call at the point guard spot to open up the 2023-2024 season? Yeah, so that that's going to be uh, Hayden Gray. from. Uh, he's a transfer from Azusa Pacific, uh, San Diego native, right up the street at Santa Fe Christian High School. And, uh, you know, he's someone who's come in and and really uh, hit the ground running. Um, really good fit for our style of play. Really good fit for the group that we have coming back and, and how he compliments guys, makes other people better. So we're excited about the way he's been playing for us. Um, and, you know, having a couple new guys, Hayden being, you know, one of them specifically, you kind of go back to the Italy question and those those reps for him, right? Having the new guys feel further along is is almost the most important part of it versus, you know, Bryce Pope's played a lot of basketball. So he, he's, you kind of know, you know what you're getting from him. Whereas like we we get a lot more information on some of these new guys and how they fit and how, how best to put them in situations that are going to be beneficial for everybody. So um, yeah, Hayden's been terrific for us so far. We're excited about what he can bring and looking forward to seeing uh, how he puts it all together when the games come. So we'll get back to newcomers in a minute, but got fingers crossed on six foot nine inch redshirt senior Jerron Brooks and hoping he stays healthy all season. Um, obviously you have to root for this guy after what's happened the last couple of, of seasons. How's his development gone? What do you expect out of him this year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, outside of Jerron and his family, nobody's rooting for him more, you know, in, in terms of uh, our group and how he's, uh, you know, just really grinded through two tough years with injury luck. And, um, you know, he got shut down last year, right. As it felt like he was starting to hit his stride a little bit. And, um, so we're hoping to just kind of get back to that point and then build on from there. Uh, you know, with the back-to-back injuries in in the last couple of years, we've, we've taken a little bit of a cautious approach, but in this last month or so we can kind of ramping things up and he's handled all that really well. And, um, you know, knock on wood, 
you know, if he can continue to progress the way he is, we expect him to make a big contribution. How much better will Bryce Pope be this year? How much better can he be as he starts already his fifth year in this program? Yeah, I think Bryce is someone who's who's definitely improving. Um, you know, I think we've we spent a lot of time in the offseason um, with him talking about trying to make plays and and contribute in other ways outside of just putting the ball in the basket, which obviously is the name of the game. But when, you know, when you're kind of the featured guy or one of the main guys at the top of the scouting report type player for us, returning all-conference player, um, you know, defenses are preparing in a certain way. The more well-rounded he can be, I think the better it'll be for him, first of all, and then obviously good for us. So uh, I think he's made a lot of strides in, in some of his playmaking and, and making other guys better. And um, he's really bought into what that can do for his own game in terms of, you know, maybe seeing a little less help and, uh, you know, fewer defenders that can kind of get him some easier shots. And, and I think that our group, maybe complements his skill set a little better. Uh, we talked about Hayden Gray previously. He's a guy that creates for other people and and hopefully is going to help Bryce find some easier baskets so that, you know, fewer or a lower percentage of his shots can be some of those self-created difficult shots, which it's great to have a guy like Bryce who can make those. But, you know, if we can pick and choose when we go to that, I think that would help us offensively. So Bryce, I mean, the coaches, everyone around the league's noticed because he's preseason first team. The guy I really love watching, Francis Wilcoria, you know, this will be his third year. What can we expect out of, out of Francis having a, a year last year, which I, I thought he was only honorable mention. He, he could have easily been on, on the second team as far as the Big West is concerned. Yeah, I thought he certainly performed at that level. I think some of that goes back to team success, right? Like the more more games you win, we hold on to a couple leads and – win a few more games then you know, maybe, maybe we get additional recognition in, in some of those postseason awards. So um, he's certainly that level player and he's only improved from, from what we saw last year. So we're excited about what he can do. And, and we talked a lot about Bryce, but you know, he, he and Fran, Bryce and Francis coming back and um, you know, this off season, we really felt like, okay, we got two all league type guys and we want to make sure that as we build the roster and recruiting and, um, you know, thinking about how we want the team to look going forward, really featuring those guys and, and trying to bring in guys who complement those skill sets and can really amplify what Bryce and Francis do well. I think we've done that. Francis is expanding his game, I think, getting to where he can be a little more versatile with his jump shot. So it's not all pick and pop, but some more off-ball stuff, uh, attacking the basket, off the dribble more um, from the perimeter. Um, and, and sort of just rounding out some of the things, being able to have the ball in his hands in transition or, or some of the, the skill-based um, adds to his game that I think can really round out how he scores and, and make him um, even more impactful on the offensive end. Defensively, he's someone we rely on quite a bit to guard, you know, just up and down the roster and his versatility there makes it um, – significantly easier for us to play different lineups and, and kind of match up. So he, he's, he's a crucial part of what we're doing. And, um, you know, Bryce obviously, um, was our leading scorer, but I think what Francis does all around the floor on both sides is equally as important. With the front court guys, assuming they all stay healthy, right? Brooks, Emmanuel Shimanga, Wakoria, how do you work them in? How does that all work this season? both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, they all can't be on the, on the floor at the same time, or maybe you have something in there where they can be on the, you know, if you're playing somebody big. 
Yeah, I think I think that uh, we have a lot of versatility. I would include Justin DeGraff in that with kind of the, the offseason that he's had, yep. um, you know, and, and was playing pretty well there at the end of the season for us uh, going into a good offseason. So I think those four guys have enough versatility that, you know, we'd like to keep at least two of them on the floor all the time um, so that we can play a little bigger than we were able to last year once Duran went down. Um, and then we're continuing to try to uh, – develop their skill sets in different ways so that, you know, if we, if we, if we feel like it makes sense to play Jerron and E uh, together, or even Francis, Jerron and E all at the same time, those are things that we've sort of tried to experiment with and um, even played some of a little bit in, 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 uh, in some of the closed door scrimmages uh, just to get a look at it, to see if, if things work and, um, or if, you know, we need to make adjustments to make those things work to get some of those guys on the floor together. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned Francis's uh, versatility. I think Jerron is really versatile as well in terms of who he can guard and what he can do offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that versatility allows us to to maybe play a lot of different lineups. And and yeah, we certainly aren't ruling out the the idea of playing all three of those guys together and, and going with a little bit bigger group at, at different times if it's warranted. Got um, some transfers in, but you did, I think, fairly well in the Division Two transfer portal. And you know what that's like a few years ago, having coached a really good Division Two team. So how tough are those guys? And we talked about Hayden being one of them right from Azusa Pacific, but there's some others in there. Uh, talk a little bit about those Division Two transfers and how you see them fitting in. Yeah, so so the other guy that we're, we're expecting to have a, a really big role for us this year would be uh, Aniwa Niwa Tay Jones. Um, we just Niwa, if if, uh, if you're calling the game, Steve is is to to show. I know, I can't wait. <laughs> um, Practice that yeah, all week. He's he's a guy who, again, we talked about Francis' versatility. I think Niwa has uh, a similar level in terms of being able to guard up and down the spectrum. Um, he's he's interesting because uh, you know he was playing a lot of like four and five at the Division two school, and I think he's more uh, more of a wing for us in terms of how he's um, progressing and makes a lot of plays with the ball, attacks the basket well, uh, passes it really well. So sort of like a point forward and, um, you know, not the same player and and very different, but like uh, there's some overlap to some of what we saw out of like Tony Rocek uh, a couple of years ago, kind of grab and go on the defensive glass, get out and transition. Yeah. Um, not quite as big as Tony, but I think he's a little better at like uh, making some plays for other people and, a little bit different than maybe uh, he's been playing in the past, but I think it really fits his game and, and fits the way that, uh, you know, we want to play. So he's been, he's been a really um, nice addition uh, and, and we expect him to have a big contribution. Uh, so we're excited about Niwa again, making us a little bit bigger, playing a little bigger at the three where we can rebound a little better, hopefully. So that's been a big emphasis for us and we're hoping to see some progress there. And then the last division two transfer would be, uh, Tyler McGuy. Uh, and, um, you know, he's someone who's, this will be his second transfer. So we have a, a waiver in um, to the NCAA and, and we're waiting to hear on that. So we're, we're not sure exactly of what his eligibility would look like, but uh, just in terms of his game, really skilled, shoots the basketball at a high level, um, can create his own shot, great feel for the game. Um, we're really excited about Ty. We, we don't know for sure if we'll have him this year, if it will have to wait until next year uh, to see him on the floor, but um, someone that fits the way we play and, um, you know, really, if if available, has a chance to really impact our team in a really positive way. 
How about, did I miss any newcomers or anybody like a Quinn Patterson who we saw have a four game, you know, a four three point game uh, against Bakersfield last year? Is there anyone else that we we might see that that could, that could be an impact player this year? Yeah, I mean, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn's shooting the ball great, you know, and I think um, that's something we're talking about in our staff meeting all the time is how we get him more shots and get him more involved. And, um, you know, cause we think he can certainly help us stretch in the floor. Um, you know, Camden McCormick is a guy who's continued yeah. to progress and I think has really made a lot of progress this off season. He, he's competing to create a role for himself as another guy who can kind of do some things defensively with his versatility, he sticks his nose in there, adds some toughness on the glass and, um, and make some plays for other people pretty well. You know, he's, he's pretty creative as a passer and instinctual there. Uh, and then the other guy would be Mike Pearson, who we didn't see last year, um, who provides some guard depth for us and a uh, guy who can a little change a pace relative to the rest of the group and shoots the basketball and uh, just brings a ton of energy and uh, enthusiasm to the floor and, and, you know, impacts his team. So we're excited to have Mike back healthy and um, he's working his way back into it and, and, and looking good. And we're excited about what he can bring as well couple more for you. Um, you hired some really good coaches and you've lost them. Uh, you know, coach book at San Marcos, you've remade the staff a little bit about a little bit. Talk about the the new staff and, and how the staff looks. Yeah. So just uh, the, uh, one addition is uh, coach Steve Aldridge, who's joining us from university of North Dakota. Um, but he's from San Diego. So uh, familiar with, with the Southern California and, and San Diego in particular. And um has, has a wide, you know, wide range of experience, worked for some great programs and great coaches and just bringing some different ideas and, um, you know, great demeanor, uh, great with the guys, good teacher. Uh, we're excited about Steve and what he's going to bring. Obviously, we're we're happy for for Book and, um, you know, his opportunity. I know they, uh, they played over at San Diego State last night and um, excited to see what he's doing this season. So, uh, you know, but then everyone else is back. Uh, from the staff from last season, but there's a little bit of a shift in some of the uh, roles, the roles in terms of what the NCAA allows guys to do. So we're able to have a few more guys on the court, um, you know, and Mikey Howell being sort of at the top of that list, uh, the, the, the change in the roles where, where Mikey's now allowed to be on the floor a little bit with the players is super useful because He's still young enough to get out there. And, and you know, if we yeah. get a scout team point guard, um, there's not a lot of guys more qualified than Mikey, no. you know. So, uh, it, and it, it brings a little brings a little competitive, extra boost and competitive to practice. Guys like going at him and playing against Mikey and, you know, talking a little bit. And and so it's fun to get Mikey out there. And, uh, you know, and he's just such a, a guy who spent maybe more time than anyone in our program or as much as anyone and had the ball in his hands and used more ball screens than anybody we've ever had. So he's just such a good – um, resource for our players and and he's a really talented young coach who's a good teacher and and I love the way he thinks about the game and sees the game and um, yeah his institutional knowledge of the way we play is really I mean I don't know that we can replicate it anywhere else so it's been cool to have him on the floor and, and really um, get more out of some of those guys right and get like kind of have the ability to get the you know full uh, full version of their talents and and uh, on the court, teaching our players and helping them develop. Quickly, two-part question just to end this thing. Aztecs in the building on the 1st of December. That's got to be awesome. And then UC Santa Barbara picked to win the conference again. Um, just thoughts on on those two items. 
Yeah, really cool to have uh, San Diego State coming off national championship game. Yeah, how about that? Have, have them in our building, and I know there's a lot of enthusiasm around that game, and um, I know that's helping you know drive ticket sales and momentum for our program and all kinds of positive stuff. It's great for the city of San Diego, and so we're we're excited about that opportunity on, on December first. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Santa Barbara has been towards the top of the Big West in the last few years and returns the best player in the league and, and, uh, you know, they're well coached, well prepared, just like, I mean, everybody's really good. You know, you can, you can make an argument for a couple teams being picked at the top of the league. And I think that the top half of this, this big West this time around is going to be really strong and, uh, we're excited to compete and figure out where we fit. Eric Colin, Thanks a million. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks Eric and Steve. So many new faces on the roster, but much to be excited about. The Tritons will open their season Monday when they host Denver, and other home games coming up include USD, Navy, and San Diego State. For tickets, visit the Triton box office at ucsdtritons.com slash tickets. Be sure you're subscribed to TritonCast on your favorite podcasting platform so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of TritonCast premiere on Wednesdays. Thank you for listening this week, And don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms by searching TritonCast wherever you get your pods. A reminder, you can listen to any of our 88 episodes anytime on demand. Just visit ucsdtritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on x at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, you can send us a tweet or email us. Our address is tritoncast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next time. You've been listening to Triton Cast. Triton Cast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at tritoncast. Thank you.